the emotion of fear. Amen. If I I drove down the wrong Google map to get here about an hour out of my way, but it was a cool scenic view of the back roads and don't laugh at me because I'm overweight, but if I had a motorcycle, I would take that motorcycle down that back way on the way here behind Potosi. We saw God's hills on the way here. It was something else. We saw hills and pasture and, and there were serious roads and amen. Uh, uh, and I'm sure in those woods uh, that there's probably black bears. I, guarantee, I told my wife, I said, I guarantee with these hills, uh, there's got to be black bears and and mountain lions, and and if I I love the outdoors, and if I tell you what, if I would be in the woods and go, and I if I would have seen a black bear or a grizzly bear, not around here, although there used to be grizzlies in Missouri until the fur people killed them all many years ago. I don't know if you knew that, but I want you to know that. Amen. There used to be grizzly bears in Missouri, a lot of them. They're all gone now. But if I were to see a grizzly bear or a black bear or a mountain lion, I'm not going to get excited and joyful and give the bear or the lion a hug and say, oh, run and just run to the bear. Amen. I'm going to have a, the emotion of fear. And although that the Cardinal baseball player, the picture, have you heard the story about two years ago? There's a picture in the St. Louis Cardinals AA organization who went bow hunting when season was over and he was in Springfield area and he was in a deer stand and he had his snacks in his backpack uh, and a black bear climbed up that tree behind him. And now remember, the Cardinals owned him. He signed a contract with the Cardinals for a lot of money. He's a high prospect. Uh, and he uh, heard a bear climbing behind him. And that bear, amen, bit into his shoulder trying to get the snacks out of his backpack. And he felt the teeth go in his shoulder on his throwing side. Could you imagine? So I'm sure he didn't get excited and hug that bear, but fear came over him and allowed him to get through that circumstance. And I'm sure when he told the Cardinals that he had to get stitches or he had to go to the hospital, I'm sure he'll never go hunting again as long as he's a St. Louis Cardinal, as long as they own his rights. But fear helps people interpret their environment. Emotions, anger, sad, mad, glad, fear. If you can think of a fourth emotion to rhyme with sad, mad, and glad, let me know. I've been trying for like 20 years. I can't find one. Amen. But emotions help you interpret your environment. They help you communicate situations. Uh, and the emotion of fear is important. Uh, it helps you survive. Uh, it helps you get through the circumstance. Uh, it's how God made you. Um, and that fight or flight response is there to save your life uh, in a stressful situation. Um, but we have people because of the pandemic and the spirit of fear that go in a fight or flight all the time and it's not for real life threatening situations and this thing called anxiety it plagues our nation it plagues the world and no it's not just an American disorder I hear people say mental health issues might just be American no they're across the world friend there's Chinese people we've had the Chinese embassy call my counseling practice 
with anxiety and depression, being in a communist nation. So it don't matter nationality. These things affect people. But in this country, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S. affecting 40 million adults. Anxiety disorders are they're highly treatable. Amen. But only 36% of people, amen, actually receive treatment. People with anxiety disorders are three to five times more likely to go to the doctor and six times more likely to be hospitalized for psychiatric issues. It's a issue in this country, this thing called anxiety. And we get people that they think about the issue. They talk about the issue. They tell their friends about the issue. And what do they do? Let me just stay in the Holy Ghost. We're either going to starve that monster of fear or we're going to feed that monster of fear. And I don't want to feed it because when we feed it uh, we make that mountain bigger um, we make that situation bigger uh, and we talk about it and, and I wonder if the Lord's saying uh, are they praying more than they're talking about the issue uh, are they reading God's word more than they're talking about the issue uh, are they talking about the issue uh, more than the God of the issue and people in their mind walk into the house of God already defeated because they're so used to giving their power to the issues that plague their life. I'm a simple thinker. I either starve that way of thinking or I feed it. And the Holy Ghost, I want to kill that way of thinking. I don't want to talk more about my issue than I talk about the God of the circumstance. I don't want to give more power to the issue than I give to the God of the issue because he don't want you giving your power to things you can't control. But we'll give our power to these things we can't control and we'll feed it. And the Lord's looking down the entire time waiting for us to look up from our situation to get our mind off the circumstance and to get our eyes on the creator. You want deliverance? You want liberty? Just look up onto Jesus and get your mind off the issue for a minute. And if you look unto him and begin to worship him, the Lord that I know can deliver and set you free. Anxiety comes from the emotion of fear. Amen. But the spirit of fear is different than the emotion of fear. You see, the emotion of the spirit of fear has a paralytic component. It's a paralytic component that can paralyze people. In the spirit. I remember when I was 12 years old, the spirit of fear came in my room and it paralyzed me. And all I could do, I couldn't move my legs, I couldn't move my hands, but all I could say was in Jesus' name. And when I said in Jesus' name, that spirit left my room. There is a paralytic, paralyzing spirit of fear that's trying to grip the church in these last days. And we got people clapping their hands and praising God and coming to church every day and paralytic conditions from situations 
that they haven't given to God completely. Coming to church every service, paying tithes, living for the Lord. Amen. And we've got people in paralytic conditions. Uh, let me hit it home for a moment. In 2005, I was out, I think I was mowing my lawn, and I, uh, I was taking care of my grandfather's uh, place and living there at the time. And, and the Lord, he spoke to me and he showed me uh, people that were in wheelchairs. Uh, give me a vision. And people that were in wheelchairs and people that had, were paralytic, they couldn't walk. Uh, and they were up at the altar of a church. Uh, and all of a sudden, I started pe- seeing people raise their hands to God. Uh, and as they were raising their hands to God, uh, they were getting up out of that wheelchair and they were worshiping God and the Lord spoke to me and said I want you to tell my people that it's time to get out of that paralytic condition and it's time to rise up and walk again and I thought well I'm going to preach that. So I preached at a singles meeting in 2006 in Centralia. I preached that thought and that vision that God gave me. But a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, when God called me to go evangelize, the Lord showed me that vision again. And he told me to go tell his people that there are people in wheelchairs that are coming to church that you can't see. And they're in your services every day. And it's time for them to rise up and walk again. So I told the Lord, wherever I go, I'm going to tell the people that. And this title of this message is very simple. It's called Rise Up and Walk. Amen. Rise up and walk. Acts chapter 3, you know the story of the gate beautiful There was that man that begged for alms for many, many years. Uh, That man was crippled. Uh, That man could not walk. Uh, The Bible says, and a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered in the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms and Peter fastening his eyes upon him, John said, look on us, amen. And he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something of him. And you know the verse, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to thee in the name of Jesus. It's rise up and walk. And that man, I'm sure, was so used uh, to the condition that he had. I'm so sure at that temple, outside that temple, um, that there was a place where his mat, uh, where his bottom, uh, amen, made a mark uh, on that mat. uh, And every day uh, he was going there, amen, trying to get money. Uh, He forgot uh, about his condition. Uh, He got his eyes off his condition. uh, And all he was wanting was some money that day. But then when Peter and John walked by them, they gave him some something greater than money. Uh, They said it's time, a silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And what does the Bible say? That man got up. 
amen, in leaping up uh, and stood and walked. Uh, verse 8, entered with them in the temple, walking uh, and leaping uh, and praising the Lord. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. He testified of the miracle of the Lord. But we've got people, amen, in our services, every single service, clapping, living for the Lord, may have gotten used to their condition, may have gotten used uh, to that situation in their life. Uh, and there's people I'm in the Holy Ghost um, that are paralyzed uh, with the spirit of fear uh, that should be walking in the spirit, uh, that should be doing great things for the Lord, uh, that should be doing mighty ministries. And the devil has them where he wants them. Amen. In a spiritual paralytic uh, wheelchair. Amen. We've got people that come to services in bandages. Uh, we've got people that come to services that are burn victims. Uh, we got people that come to services if emotional burn victims. Um, we got people that come to service uh, that it might be in spiritual casts uh, that you cannot see. Uh, can you imagine what emotional damage does to somebody? It's easy when you can see them in a hospital and they've had their bones broken uh, and you can see the casts. Um, but it's the same thing emotionally. We've got people wounded uh, in our churches in uh, casts and wheelchairs and the Lord wants to deliver them. And I want to pray in the Holy Ghost and preach tonight's rise up and walk night. Tonight, not next Sunday, not tomorrow, not Tuesday, but tonight is rise up and walk night. Amen. You don't have to let that bondage hold you hostage any longer. Because in the New Testament, Fear means bondage. And we've got people in the shackles and the bondage of fear. Amen. Every day affecting the church and affecting this world. Amen. But I want to say again in the Holy Ghost, uh, amen. It's rise up and walk night. Amen. It's not, it's rise up and walk night. Amen. He's not given us uh, the spirit of fear, but of power uh, and of love uh, and of a sound of mind. Uh, and there comes a time in the Holy Ghost uh, when you got to look that demon uh, that's been trying to hold you back uh, and say in the name of Jesus, uh, I'm not going to let this fear hold me back any longer. Uh, I don't care who's looking. Uh, I don't care what people think, uh, but I'm going to step out uh, and I'm going to ask the Lord to allow me to rise up and walk again one more time. The Lord wants us to walk in the spirit and he doesn't want people to be paralytics spiritually. But I have friends that I've grown up with and I see people they get so used to their circumstance. They get so used to, to the situation. They get so used to, to the trial. They get so comfortable that they stop believing that God can deliver them. And then some people are so afraid of change that they don't know what they would do if they were to get healed. 
I want to say in the Holy Ghost, that liberty of walking in the Spirit again, it's not a foe. It's not a myth. Who am I talking to tonight? It's not a myth. Uh, it's not a story. I don't know what you've been praying for. I don't know what situation you've been through, but God sent me to tell you tonight uh, that you don't have to let that fear uh, hold you in that emotional wheelchair, uh, but you can rise up again and you can walk in the Spirit again. And all you have to do is reach out to the Lord. And just like Peter and John, (laughs) silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. It's time to rise up and walk. That man wasn't even praying for his legs to be healed. And that day, God delivered him. And for the first time, he began to walk. When I saw that vision, I saw people getting out of those wheelchairs. I saw them raising their hands. They were believers. They were our family. They were the body of Christ. And there was a great liberty. Wherever I go, I preach this message when I can. It's rise up and walk night. It's rise up and walk night. I'm tired of allowing that situation to get the best of me enough where I can't pray right. I'm tired of walking in that crippled state with that cast that God wanted to cut off years ago. And that cast, I can't walk right in my spirit. And we got people that aren't walking right because they're walking around in body casts. And the Lord's saying, when will you let me cut that cast off you? When will you let me remove those bandages? Because so many times we're like Adam and Eve. The shame and the guilt and, and the hurt of our situations, we hide behind the fig leaf. When the Lord wants us to come out from the fig leaf and expose those wounds to him that we've never told anybody because of shame. We, we hide behind the fig leaf like Adam and Eve did in the garden because of their sin and God was still dwelling among them. He still wanted to have relationship with them and we find ourselves like Adam and Eve hiding behind the fig leaf, afraid to show God that hurt and that wound and the Lord's just saying, come on to me. All that are weary and heavy laden, I want to give you rest. There's no wound that he won't look through the Holy Ghost. There's no wound that he won't look at. There's no wound that he can't touch. There's no wound that he can't heal. There's no circumstance that he can't touch. You may have thought it was a pipe dream, but tonight is rise up and walk night. And all you have to do is reveal that to the Lord and show him the pain and show him the hurt and the God that I know will take that hurt and that pain and that wound and with his nail scarred hands he can heal that situation I feel the Holy Ghost I'm going to go ahead and preach that alright amen we hear things all the time hallelujah we hear amen Forgive and forget. I don't know about you, but if I've gone through a situation and I've walked through the process of forgiving somebody, I don't forget that hurt that I went through. I don't know about you, the guy that held me hostage. Amen. 
I didn't forget the circumstance. I can forget. I did forgive the kid. I, I'm called to the ministry. It helped propel me. I feel sorry for him, but I didn't forget the circumstance. We got to stop expecting people to only to do what deity can only do. Only deity can forgive and forget, but not people. You and I are human. You cannot forgive and forget anything. That circumstance that may have bogged you down, if a person was 80 years old and they were five years old, if they went through a trauma and they didn't forgive that person that hurt them, that pain and that trauma is just as debilitating when they're 80 is when they were five years old. We've heard preachers say it. Amen. People say it sometimes that time heals. I want to say in the Holy Ghost, that's not biblical. The Bible does not say that time heals. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus heals. Time can't heal your wound, but Jesus can Time will not heal your wound if you've not let it go, if you've not forgiven the pain and the toxicity and the poison can damage your life for an entire lifetime. There's a book called Toxic Emotions. In that book, the writer talks about the effects of our emotions on our body. It's a great book. It's a Christian book. And in that book, there was a woman who told her story. Her uncle molested her when she was a young girl. And she came to a place where she knew it was an issue and there was no longer relations with him. And she was 20 years old. And she said that she forgave her uncle with her lips. Everyone say lips. And she lived for God And for 20 years, listen to me, she had insomnia. She had high blood pressure. She had heart problems. She had comorbidity of medical affirmities. For 20 years, that plagued her. The doctors didn't know why. It didn't run in her family. She kept going to her pastor. And finally, the Lord spoke to her and said, you forgave your uncle with your lips. But when you forgive, you can't just forgive with your lips. You've got to forgive with your mind, your heart, your soul, and your strength. You've got to give it to the Lord when you decide to forgive somebody. And when she found true forgiveness, healings that are happening in her body, what affects your spirit affects your mind, and what affects your mind affects your body. And the darkest people I've ever seen in wheelchairs of darkness are people that hold grudges, are people that don't forgive. The darkest people, the most oppressed people I've seen in my ministry are people that hold grudges. And we feel like sometimes... If I forgive them, it justifies the behavior. And let me say, forgiveness is just as much about you and I as it is the other person. One writer said, forgiveness is about realizing uh, that I survived a circumstance uh, that was tragic, um, but I am still alive and I'm going to tell the devil that I'm no longer going to give power to that person, to that sin, to that evil. I'm no longer going to let that situation hold me hostage and keep me in a chair of fear and anxiety but I am going to forgive I'm going to forgive with everything that I have 
and I'm not going to give power to that situation any longer, to that memory any longer. The Lord spoke to me again when I went in this ministry two years ago. And he said, tell my people, I'm a time traveler. Hear me today. We've got people that have gone through trauma and it affects their walk with God. And it causes them to be in wheelchairs of paralysis because of pain and because of situations. And the Lord, he spoke to me one night so clear. He said, tell my people when you preach that I am a time traveler. You know why you can't forgive and forget? You're not supposed to forget that situation. That's what keeps you praying against it. That's what keeps you in tune with the spirit. I went through that, but I know what I'm looking for. I know the enemy, and I'm going to guard myself from that ever happening ever again. I don't want to expect people to do what only deity can do. Amen. The Lord can forgive and forget, but we can't. We're human. It's impossible. I've talked to theologians about it. I've had some talks with some people that are scholars about it. I'm telling you, we don't forgive and forget. But let me tell you something. When you get to that place, I don't care what the trespass was. I don't care. Hey, people backslide because of what I'm talking about tonight. They walk away from God. They sit in wheelchairs when they should be doing great works for the Lord. But because a person put them in a wheelchair of unforgiveness. They don't let go because the memory. You know how many times I've had people in my office. I remember that tragic event. I remember that hurt. I remember that pain. But when you forgive, everyone say forgive. In Acts, I know a man named Stephen, the Bible says, and he was stoned to death. And in his last breath, his head was bleeding. And what does the Bible say? That Stephen said, lay no charge on them. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Is it possible? I don't know the timeline. Was Stephen there when Christ died on that cross himself and he had his arms wide open on that cross and Jesus being 100% man and 100% God at the same time, he could have called 10,000 angels. But what did Jesus say? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And then we have Stephen saying the same thing. He was a Christian. He was a man of God in his dying breath he forgave the perpetrator and if Stephen can forgive I can forgive and if God gave me the Holy Ghost and God loves me and forgive me then I can forgive them you see God time didn't heal pastors can't go back in time I can't go back in time you can't go back in time The devil can't go back in time. But when Jesus forgives you of your sins, 
When Jesus' blood that was shed from that old rugged tree, come on somebody, when that blood began to flow and Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. Friend, the chastisement of the peace was upon him, but by his stripes there is healing. Friend, I want to say in the Holy Ghost, when you've gone through trauma, when you've gone through terrible situations, the blood of Jesus Christ is not just for the present. It's not just for the future, but the blood can travel back in time and Jesus can go back to that situation that no one knows about where I've been hiding behind the fig leaf and he can reach down in that situation with his blood and he can touch that situation in the past the Lord said tell him that I'm a time traveler when you allow God to travel in time means that you're forgiven the perpetrator saying God I'm going to let your blood flow I'm going to let your blood forgive me for having that grief and that bitterness and that poison that would send me to hell if I don't just reach out and forgive and allow that blood to go back in time and touch that circumstance. So I stay in the Holy Ghost. Forgive and remember. Because when you remember, you can tell that devil on Monday, come on somebody. You can tell that devil, God's gonna do something graph for the Holy Ghost. I don't know if it's physical, if it's financial, if it's emotional, if it's psychological, but there's tonight's rise up and walk night. Amen. Tonight's rise up and walk night. I'm not going to let that situation send me to hell and ruin my salvation and rob me of my destiny and rob me of my calling and rob me of my future in Christ. I am somebody. You are a child of God. God has a work for you. You have a ministry. God wants you to walk again in the spirit and in victory. His blood still flows. It still flows. And when it goes back in time, when that devil says, you got that victory on Sunday, you got that healing on Sunday, and the devil says, remember when that happened to you. Remember that trespass. But when you forgive, God can help us do it. Come on, somebody. It's not human to forgive. Jesus said, love your enemy. Turn your other cheek. Jesus can help us to forgive. He can hold you by the hand and it might hurt and it's not easy. But if you want salvation and you want healing and you want to walk in the spirit and you want to unlock promise into your ministry and your life, it's going to happen through forgiveness. Forgiveness unlocks emotional and spiritual healing. And when the devil says, remember what happened, I can tell the devil, yes, but I forgave that person 
and that blood of Jesus. It flowed back to that circumstance and that same stinking memory that has haunted you and that has held you hostage can be a testimony of the redemptive forgiving power of Jesus Christ. And you can tell the devil that's a bloodstained situation. That abuse was bloodstained. That situation was forgiven. It's no longer the way it was, but it's red. And my God is a time traveler. And he went back in time and he helped me forgive. Devil, that's bloodstained. There's blood on that. And you can use the memory that causes depression and anxiety and paralysis spiritually and you can show the devil it's a testimony of the redeemer of the healer of the great physician that yes I was bound and yes I was held hostage by unforgiveness but I remember the day when it was rise up and walk day when I said blood of Jesus I need you to flow back in time I was five years old I need to forgive I might have been 15 years old help me forgive and we can use it as a testimony of the redeeming power of Jesus Christ boy the devil hates this and we can rub it in the devil's face oh no that's been forgiven devil that's blood stained. I can't go back in time. You can't go back in time. But the great physician can. Hear me today. Jesus is so wonderful. When he walked the earth, when he multiplied the loaves and the fishes, that wasn't the miracle. He had to preach the Sermon on the Mount that day. But the people were hungry. And God noticed the little things. So what did Jesus do? He began multiplying loaves and fishes because he cared for the people. And he knew they couldn't focus on an empty stomach. So the Lord's deity began to do a miracle. And when you forgive the perpetrator... The deity of Jesus Christ can help you go back in time to that circumstance where there might be a fig leaf experience and the Lord can help remove the fig leaf of the wound and he can touch it with his blood-stained hands. And when the devil wants to come and pick it on us, we can say, devil, it's blood-stained. My God touched my situation. What are you saying, preacher? How do I forgive? I don't care if you have to lay down prostrate for three days and praying. You pray and you lay down in the scriptures and worship. I don't care if you got to shout and whatever it takes to let go. And we can experience the greatest liberty. Isn't forgiveness wonderful? How can Stephen, with blood running down his face, Say, forgive them, Father, because he knew Jesus. He got it. He was a Christian. He knew the forgiving power. Forgiveness is all about you. It's about you letting go and letting God take control of that circumstance. I stay in the Holy Ghost of unforgiveness today, the spirit of unforgiveness, the spirit of grudge. Hallelujah. It's time to rise up and walk. It's time to stop letting that poison kill us. It's time to walk in the spirit again. 
We've got people with cancer. I hate cancer. My friend almost died of cancer years ago. Amen. But he's a miracle. God healed his body. And he's 100% cancer free because God helped him rise up and walk out of that chair of cancer. I want to say in the Holy Ghost, we should pray God's will for needs. But if he can heal you emotionally, he can still heal cancer. And if we got people with cancer and kids that have cancer, then we need to pray. Tonight's rise up and walk night. I'm going to pray for my healing. Come on, somebody. Can that blood still heal? Can that blood still heal circumstances? It can heal your body. It can heal your mind. It can heal your emotions. And that same God, he can still heal cancer in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to let doubt get in the way or unbelief get in the way. Amen. Through Christ all things are possible. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke cancer. In the name of Jesus, I pray for miracles to manifest of those that have cancers. I pray for great tests to happen in which they can come back negative in which you can have testimonies of people being cancer free. Because it was time to rise up and walk. We got people with depression that are sad and they're hurting. And they're by this okay, church. I know I hit it heavy. We got people with depression. They're in their churches every day and they sit in despair. I got Christian friends that taught me in Sunday school, men of God that suffer from depression. But I want to say in the Holy Ghost, depression, it's time to rise up and walk. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a control and I'm going to pray for a healing over that depression because God can still hear depression. He can heal it. And if you've got depression and despair, the Bible says, blessed are they that mourn for you will be comforted. But he can help you snap out of that wheelchair of depression and rise up and walk again. What happened when Elijah under that juniper tree was suicidal? The Bible says God sent him an angel and ministered to him. And yes, for a season, he was in depression. And yes, for a season, he was paralyzed. But God said, you got a work to do. That angel said, you got a work to do. And Elijah got up from that circumstance and he went forward. And there's sometimes in the Holy Ghost uh, when that paralytic spirit of depression can get a hold of you and all you got to do is put that helmet on and say, I don't feel like worshiping, but I'm going to worship. Uh, I don't, the depression says, uh, stay home and isolate yourself and die. But Jesus says, go to church and lift your hands and live and walk in the spirit again. You don't have to die. You don't have to isolate. You can push through it and when the depression says die I say in the Holy Ghost live live in the spirit live he wants you to live he wants you to be prosperous he don't want you to suffer and we've got the power to get through those seasons when maybe for a season you might be there but it's not his will to stay there 
it wasn't God's will for Elijah to stay suicidal. He got up and realized what his calling was. You've got to keep moving when you get depressed. You've got to keep moving forward when you don't feel like it. You've got to push. When you don't want to, you've got to fight. We're in a battle, friend. We're in a battle, amen, of the flesh and the spirit. And we're at warfare every single day. And when that paralytic devil spirit says, stay home, I stay in the Holy Ghost. Get to church. Call your pastor. Call your friends. The devil says, don't tell anybody when you're suicide. I say, tell somebody. Reach out to your brothers and sisters. You're the body of Christ. You're the hands. You're the feet. I'm not going to listen to that voice that says, don't tell anybody. I'm going to tell, amen, somebody because I care. And when that voice says, don't tell, do the opposite. Call your brothers. Call your sisters. Call your pastors. They're there for you. They're going to bat for you every single day. Amen. I want to say in the Holy Ghost is rise up and walk day. I'm sick, of, I'm sick of being sick. I'm sick of seeing people in the church uh, that have Jesus uh, in these situations. Uh, when God's saying all you got to do uh, is reach out. Uh, all you got to do uh, is call on my name. And when you're desperate uh, and when you want it bad enough uh, and when you reach out to God, he will hear your prayer, friend. We can rise up and walk again. You don't have to walk with a limp and a crookedness. God can cast, cut that cast off so you can walk in the spirit again the way he wants you to walk in the spirit. He can take those burn bandages from the past and he can help you forgive and he can remove those bandages. And there might be a scar, but that's okay. I've got some scars. How many got some scars on you? <laughs> I didn't start preaching this stuff because life's been rosy. I've been through pain. I thought when I got held hostage and I come from a broken home that I was ready for this ministry. If I would have known what was going to happen to me in the next 10 years of my life, I would have ran from counseling. But that's okay. The devil tried to kill me, but he's a liar. And I'm standing here today, this month, to preach. It don't matter what you go through. It rains in the just and the unjust. But God can hold your hand through that circumstance and your past doesn't have to keep you paralyzed come on somebody it doesn't have to keep you in that situation we say to people all the time and I'm getting ready to close we say to people all the time well we got to pray for so and so this runs in their family we, this runs in their family and so and so uh, their, their family has this generational thing and uh, be careful because they just have that situation. And Bishop, it almost seems like they're special. Like, you know, there's certain types of sins that they have to look out for. And, and we, we can excuse because of generational sin. But I don't know about you, but if I did a family tree on your family tree and you did my family tree, you'd find sin. And the last time I checked in the word of God in my theology, sin was a curse. And the Bible says the wages of sin are 
death. But friend, why did Peter say in 1 Peter, but ye are a chosen generation? Because when you come to God and you repent of your sins and you're baptized in Jesus' name and you get the Holy Ghost, you're no longer of yourself, but you're a child of God. And Peter said, you're a chosen generation. Break the word generation down. Gene, what runs in your family? Gene, what genes run in your family? What sins run in your family? What alcoholism runs in your family? What situation runs in your family? Because of generational curses. And the generational curse, the last time I checked, uh, was sin. Hallelujah. And I talked to my bishop years ago, and I said, they said, so-and-so has a generational curse. He goes, do they have the Holy Ghost? I said, yes. He goes, that's impossible. You can't have a generational curse on you when you've had your sins washed away, when you've come into a covenant with Jesus Christ, and you've been baptized. Your sins were washed away. You're no longer of yourself. Old things are passed away. And behold, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. I don't walk the same. I don't talk the same. The Holy Ghost can't dwell in any unclean temple. If a generational curse was in your heart, then God can't dwell there. But when I got the Holy Ghost, Peter called me a chosen generation. It don't matter what runs in your family. It don't matter what has held you hostage because of what runs in your family. I don't care if it's addiction. I don't care if it's adultery. I don't care what sin it is. When you come to Jesus, you are a new species of people. You're an ambassador of Christ. You're a peculiar people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a son of God. You're no longer of yourself and your family background does not have to hold you hostage to what God wants to do in your life. So I speak to family sin and say, it's time to rise up and walk. Because when you walk in the spirit, friend, and you've got that name attached to you, you are a chosen generation. The curse cannot hold you back any longer. The God that I serve, he breaks sin. He breaks curses. He breaks those chains. He's bigger than what runs in your family. And I say, in the, can we all stay in today? I say in the Holy Ghost, ha, it's rise up and walk day. You don't understand, preacher. This runs in my family. I, listen, behaviors run in families. But when you came to Jesus and you became in that covenant with him, amen, that sin was broken, but the behavior can still haunt you. But God can help you walk different and talk different. Come on, somebody. When that cast comes off, you begin to walk a new way. When those bandages come off, that old wound was tight and you couldn't walk and, and do what you could for the Lord. But when God removes that bandage, you can begin to walk in the Spirit again. So I say in the Holy Ghost, generational curse is not too big for my God. 
Amen. I have the Holy Ghost. I'm a child of God. I don't care what runs in people's families. You don't have to let the sin dictate your future in Christ Jesus. But how many times do we say, oh God, if you only knew it ran in my family. Hey friend, I don't want to have that pride. Amen. My problem's not too big for God to forgive. Amen. God can forgive and break those chains. Amen. It don't matter where I come from. God can heal that. But there has to come a time when we get tired of the circumstance. I'm talking to somebody tonight where you've had a problem in a relationship and you felt like that it was never going to get better. I want to say in the Holy Ghost, let's rise up and walk night. It's time to let that circumstance go and give it to the Lord because he wants his people worshiping, walking in unity, walking without casts and without wheelchairs and without unforgiveness. He's not given a spirit of fear, but of love and peace and a sound mind. I say in the Holy Ghost, Do you have a medical need that you want God to heal? God can. Do you have got an emotional need? God can. Is there a circumstance that you're sick of? God can. And he wants us to step out and give it to the Lord because no one can heal you like Jesus can. No one can touch you like Jesus can. Hear me today with that trauma. You remind the devil when you're forgiven that my God's a time traveler. And time didn't heal me, but Jesus did. And he'll go back in that circumstance. And he'll touch that and heal that. That devil's a liar, isn't he, church? Amen. They're going to come and sing today. I don't know the needs. You do. If there's a need in your life, tonight's the night. Why next service? Why why Wednesday? Why not tonight? Why not tonight? Say, Lord, I'm going to give it to you. Medical need, emotional need, whatever it may be. Let's rise up and walk night. These altars are open. We're going to sing Can we pray? Can we worship? Can we allow God to do what he wants to do? He wants to do a healing service.